by Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. It is March, not the Ides of March. That would be dangerous, but it is March. Spring is is on its way. The clock is going to do something fun and we're going to get more daylight soon. It's exciting. I can feel the vitamin E injection right now. Did we do all the things all the time? I don't think we did. I was too excited about March. All the things. All the times. There you go. It's in now. Uh, And now, let's be honest. That's who we are. That's that's us. And friends, how exciting. We are back for part two with Dr. Jody Carrington. Jody, Yay. welcome back. Woo. Oh my God, it's so been too long. long. How, how embarrassing. We're wearing, you. Same, we're wearing the same, same outfit. Shirt. <laughs> I just wanted I, the feeling was so yeah, good the last yeah. time I just had to we're, like we're still in the closet. <laughs> as you can see, it's a great time. It's a great Come time. On. We just I'm go out. in and out. Our, out our clothing closet. options are too fabulous, I guess. We just need to keep going in and out. <laughs> I like to keep people guessing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think they have to guess. No, no there's no guessing. There's never been any guessing. <laughs> uh, so, oh, friends, uh, it's been a month. A lot has happened. It's now almost spring. Mm-hmm. Spring will be sprunging soon. How exciting. I'm ready for spring. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything exciting in March that we need to talk about before we launch in? No, I don't think so. Let's let's just dive right let's, in. There's let's so do it. Let's do it. Oh, and last week we <laughs> we were talking about dancing. Good time. Polka. Polka. Uh, we've not had any late night polkas lately, no. so that's good. No, we have not. we're pretty. You know, mm-hmm. I have to say we are we're we've I think we've got our, our jive down. Yeah, we've got our jive we, down. Um, no. Sarah's dance adverse. I dance do you, around. Do you her. dance in your kitchen? I don't mind dancing. I'm just not good at it. No, That's see, all. you are good at it. Everyone's good at dancing. Okay. Everyone. It's like singing. Even if you're mm-hmm. a, a shower singer, just do it. Give it. Give it. Yeah. Letterbuck. I, I feel, I feel. I feel like that's true. I feel like, yeah. um, you know, the whole dance, like nobody's watching thing is like, it's a bit easier if nobody's watching, I find. Uh, but I, uh, I, I, I care to venture a little more when, you know, there's nobody watching, but I, I do feel like kitchen dances, um, yeah. you know, it might be my East coast influence, yeah. Yeah. but I, I really feel like kitchen. that is a necessary yeah. thing that people should engage really? in okay. more. Yeah. Maybe we'll try it. See the problem. The other problem with us is when we dance, the <laughs> no, dog gets No, it's funner when they're smaller. Oh, yeah. Bring it. She's very yeah. excitable. It's uh, yes. <laughs> we never see. Uh, that's an issue. That's an issue. Right. She's put, very put cute. Her but put her she's, outside. And she's unruly. Just... But she's cute. So we, oh, okay. we like it. We like it. Um. So okay. Okay. Getting real. We are back to the dance of intimacy. Mm. 
from Harriet, Harriet Lerner, which is great. Um, and this idea of, of, you know, oh, how do we ride that wave of knowing when how we can see each other when we can't see each other? The, the title of the book is Feeling Seen, and it took me a really long time to sort of land somewhere because on that title, because what we talked about, first of all, was like um, acknowledge was going to be the title of the book. And then it was going to be If You Only Knew. And all of those things for me really made so much sense in terms of the feeling that I knew all of us to some, to a certain degree have felt, even if it's been for one moment in our lifetime. And I feel like collectively, the more times you actually feel seen, which is like sort of a deep understanding that often happens without words, sometimes without sound, um, the more times you can string together moments in your lifetime of truly feeling seen by another is really highly correlated with um, mental health. And I think that what we really don't understand is our ability to be able to give that away every single day. And even when we are in our worst moments, our ability to simply acknowledge another, right? Genuinely, um, a nod, a coffee, a wave in your car to a stranger, or a, as we talked about last episode, you know, a text to somebody that you love, never underestimate the power right now, because in the history of the free world, we've never been this disconnected. And, you know, in the book, I talk so much. The first half of the book is the reasons why everything is such a disaster right now. And so if you're looking for an uplifting read, the first half isn't that uplifting. It's funny, but it's not really uplifting because I, I truly believe, though, that you can't address what you don't acknowledge. And you know this. I mean, it isn't this the epitome of the podcast, right? You can't address what you don't acknowledge. And when you try for a very long time, otherwise, or avoid the things aren't there. And we talk so much, you know, as a psychologist, the issue is never about fixing stuff, your history, your story. I can't fix the fact that your mama died. I can't fix the fact that you've come from, you know, multiple generations of abuse, neglect, and trauma. That's not the job. The deal, so much of it, is can we create a space where it's safe to talk about it? Mm -hmm. so that we can make sense of it together when it's acknowledged. You know, one of my favorite hockey coaches, I think I said this to you when we were in the, in the talk, but one of my favorite hockey coaches, Daryl Sutter said this, you should see how fast I can get a kid to skate when I know the name of his dog. Mm. And it's so much about the power of just simply acknowledging our colleagues, um, our clients, our um, children, our partners. Mm -hmm. And it is this universal truth. I mean, I, I often talk to, to various people from police officers to funeral directors, to teachers, um, to farmers. And I never change the slide deck because it's always the same message. Yeah. It's always the same message. This is a universal conversation. It's not complicated. Well, what do we do here in this organization? What do we do in this industry? What do we do for this family? Same. And people will say to me, no, 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 but, but my kid's not neurotypical or, you know, my experience is, you know, from this marginalized place. And yeah, oh my God, you can't address what you don't acknowledge. Tell me more. What am I missing? Give me your story. Context is a prerequisite for empathy. And yeah. the more I know about it, the easier it is for me to then step in and judge, non-judge, judgmentally list your story. And just be there to hold space for it. And the more light it gets, the easier it is to heal and to grow in a healthy way versus when you keep it dark in the closet, the proverbial closet, which is why, I mean, I, I love this platform so much because it's really talking about you have to pick a safe time. There's so much involved in sharing a secret, sharing a story, um, exposing trauma or experience that it has to be safe enough to do so. 
And oftentimes people take a really long time to get to that place. And what I really hope that this book will do is encourage so many of us to take that risk in making it safe for the people we love and we lead and we raise and we care for in our communities. Because the more we can orchestrate that in our communities, we will watch this mental health crisis dissipate. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, yeah. when I'm working with actors, uh, you know, everyone's like, I want to play the villain. <laughs> like, no, no, there's, there's no such thing. And they're like, yes, there is. This is so clearly a bad guy. And I'm like, that doesn't exist. That does not exist. You have to, one, you cannot judge your character from the offset. It's going to be bad. (laughs) Number two, we have to find the reason why they're in this position to begin with. We have to acknowledge their whole history, right? Oh, fascinating. Right? And it, it always brings me back to this idea of people are so, we talked about safety the last time in February, uh, so long ago. <laughs> we talked about we talked about safety and, and boxes and, you know, what, that armor. And for me, labels provide that safety too. Like that mm-hmm. idea that, oh, I'm this, I'm this. And so many people will say to me, you're a lesbian. And I'm like, I'm an autumn. And even that is a name given to me by my parents. They were going to call me Rowena. Um, but what are what are the things like we're some of so many different things that, you know, these boxes are so pigeonholing, I find. So well, I, and, and they can be helpful sometimes. And yeah. I think sometimes that's the issue, right, is that we are as human beings really looking to organize this human experience. Mm-hmm. And so when it feels out of control, like when we feel very dysregulated, we want to know the plan. I am a very visual, like if I think about building this business or our life together or what I'm like, what's that? Show me the fucking graphic. Where, mm-hmm. where does it go? And when I think about it as a clinical psychologist, diagnosing somebody really clinically pulling together a set of symptoms that allow me to identify with somebody there having um, an experience that is depression or they are clinically depressed. It allows for some ease of language to be able to identify in certain ways, right? And so I think there is a benefit to organizing experiences into labels. Equally as scary, however, is when we pathologize or we identify, that's where stereotypical ideals come from. That's where racism is born. It is this idea that you become that thing. And this is my expectation of you in that way, right? And so I think that it's, it's not one or the other for me because I think that it is necessary to identify with a group of people who similarly, even loosely, think or feel or act in a certain way, which really gives me a safety. If I can identify myself as an ally, you know, because I've been appointed, you know, that of the people who are not like me in that way, when you can say, I stand for this, or I believe in this, it is a signal in some ways that this is safe. Now, you you got to make that judgment, right? Because it just doesn't mean just because you're a lesbian just means like, oh, we're on the same fucking page then. And, or because I'm an ally that, you know, uh, obviously we can hang out together forever. You, there's so much that then has to be, you know, unearthed in that way. But I think the benefit of sort of, it allows for an ease of communication when I can sort of get an initial understanding of, is this a safe place? Because if you call Mm -hmm. me an anti-Semitic or if you are, you know, like if you identify in those ways, initially I'm going to be like, whoa, which then becomes either a problem, but sometimes even a protector. Oh, whoa. Now you've blown my mind. I'm re I'm rethinking my whole, my whole (laughs) career. 
well, not brain twins anymore. That comes from really is like, so in, in this world of clinical psychology, right, when I, when I have the ability to diagnose anybody that I treat or assess, um, assess okay. first and then treat, but I, it, we've often, like, I had to write papers about this, about like the, the, the problem with the diagnostic and statistical manual uh, of mental disorders, the DSM, which is the Bible for many of us, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists, or the ICM, like all of these things, the ICD that gives us codes. If I'm mm. going to identify whether, you know, what type of cancer you have or what kind of, you know, whatever that is, right? The concern with that is that rarely do things fit exactly into yeah. those groups of things. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, then let's uh, we undo this. Because for me, something like PTSD isn't a mental illness. It is a psychological injury. But when we put it in, it is a concern with your mental health that we have to identify in this DSM, which is then called a disorder of mental illnesses uh, or a, a, a manual of mental disorder, sorry. And so it becomes like, oh, fuck, okay, so that's what I have then. Ooh. Okay, so I need a place to gather. This is the symptom presentation. When you're exposed to trauma repeatedly and nobody organizes that for you, you will experience these things. And there's some like pain in that process when you can name it. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not going crazy. I'm not losing my mind. It's because of unprocessed trauma. So actually I'm okay. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. So the yeah. benefit of being able to articulate symptoms or um, ideals or I- identities, mm-hmm. you know, there's a benefit to that because it allows us to then align with each other and yeah. equally it is community. Yeah. And how do we, how do we yeah. continually challenge mm-hmm. question how, what in a safe place, I think is really where we then make growth and change and you know what that looks like. If I think about even in my lifetime, you know, the ability to identify as anything other than heterosexual, which is mm-hmm. not something that you ever had a conversation about. For sure, not in the Catholic church, for <laughs> sure, not around the yeah. supper table, right? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now our children mm-hmm. born into, you know, a, a two straight people who are married together w- will have so many conversations around non-binary and mm-hmm. uh, what does it mean to be gender fluid? And, you know, what are your pronouns? And all of those conversations that like, <laughs> I watch my parents sitting at dinner yeah. going like, what the fuck is happening? Right now? <laughs> and it's I'm so, so, true. It's so blown away by our children. Yeah. And, and they, and they don't react. Like it's, it's like, yeah, it's just the way it is. Like, like this is fantastic. Like, I know. It's like, it's, it's, wow. I have it, so much yeah. hope for humanity. Yeah. I have yeah. so much hope. And, you know, people talk about kids these days as being like the biggest, I've never seen such openness to in one generation really challenge ideals, which is going to be so necessary as we step forward, right? Into those normative ways of operating. And, you know, really in the book, I talk a lot about sort of the the basis of disconnect is colonialism, right? We decided that one heartbeat mattered more than another, but we all start in exactly the same place, Mm -hmm. exactly the same place, right? In the wounds of our mamas. Okay, we're going to stop there because that, we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this and we need to take our first break. We will be right back with Jody Carrington. Woo! Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, Dr. Jody was just blowing our minds. (laughs) 
with this with this last statement. Can you say that one more time? We were just talking about our kids and how um, they are the future. And you said, oh, see, now I, I got so wrapped into counting down with my fingers, which I'm not very good at um, that. And it's such a good statement. And you mentioned it in your tour. So I'm hoping you can recall it for us. Do I need to roll back the tape? <laughs> Keep it drinking was that coffee. So profound. It's a so one hit wonder. Mic drop. Okay. Yeah. It's dropped. It's dropped. It's, so it's dropped. What? Shoot. Ah. Okay. I actually have a big question for you. Um, because I try to live my my life pretty authentically. And I have been censored. I have been silenced. And really bugs the shit out of me. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. Yeah. And yeah. I know you have come across that and you have to preface your book and you have to say things on radio shows and how do you ever just reconcile that? Is there, are there pieces of you where you just want to throw shit at the wall? And yeah, like, like I want to throw people regularly. So, so, okay. So here's what's interesting to me. So similar to this conversation that we just had about like labels and diagnostic mm-hmm. protocols and like all those kind of things. I feel like this is also falls into the same category. So some of Brene Brown's work really allowed me to think about this. We, we, in the world of censoring, I think there is a necessary set of standards that is required for people to live up to. I think that criticism is important. It is feedback is essential that it it becomes much more about when and how mm-hmm. it's provided, it's received, it's all of those things. I never want people to stop criticizing me. If I say something untoward, if I, in my most, you know, ridiculous state of like, this is how the world should be. And like, if from my very like white, straight, able-bodied, privileged position, when I stop spouting something, I never want to hide behind, don't censor me. Because Mm. I, I think that sometimes people should be fucking censored. Yeah. 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 And and so it's like, me included, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's still stuff. That I would have said, or that I, I, I'm sure I will continue to say in my lifetime, that it will be so uneducated about. But because mm-hmm. of a platform or a time in my life or an experience, I will feel justified to be able to explain to you exactly how the world works. And I always get people going, ah, just a second, you know, like as simple as. Um, you know, we just are on this book tour, and I came back and wrote a post about like we we've just seen both oceans. Um, and somebody said to me, um, there's more than two oceans in our country. Like, did you know that? Like, what about our people to the North? And I was like, holy Mm -hmm. fuck, I didn't think about that. Right. And my first response is like, oh my, get over it. Uh, You know what I mean? (laughs) But again, it's like, you're right. Those things, right. Like, and I mean, again, that's not really a censorship issue, but it's really like about like, sometimes I think when we are, when we take on the responsibility of a platform Mm -hmm. as a professor, as a teacher, as a somebody who, you know, is, is podcasting our opinions to the world, you have to then be prepared to receive the feedback. Our yeah. biggest job yeah. is to surround yourself with people who can help you vet that. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good. Hey, Sarah, you're my better. That's uh, it. 
That's right? it. And, and the, how lucky this is that you have each other, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about mm-hmm. this every single day. You met my Marty when we were on the tour. Yeah. Uh, my oh. personal husband. Um, sometimes I like to vet things for him. Sometimes I don't. But it's like you got to choose your people. <laughs> yeah, huh? it's true. You got to choose your people. And I think sometimes you don't want to be around the people that would always agree with you, right? Because yeah. sometimes people are like, yes, oh my gosh, everybody's an asshole. You are exactly right. What you really want is those true authentic people that can be like, that was offside, dude. Like, uh uh-uh. I agree. I I think that failure is a catalyst for further awesome. I I don't, you know, um, there's there's a great quote. I want to come into a great quote from the book that it's actually a roomy quote. Uh, it's not your, You're not mine, but I'll, we'll take <laughs> um, sorry, sorry about, mm, um, the cure for pain is in the pain. So this kind of like goes into what we're talking about, like that, that idea of, of growth from something, um, hard, right. Is that that's how we go forward. We have to go through it. It reminds me of a, a quote from my favorite writer of all time, Sebastian Barry, mm-hmm. uh, who I saw at um, a, a like conference in at Harborfront Center in Toronto. And he said, and he's Irish, so, you know, the Irish are, they're, they're a bit morbid. And he said, every moment of our life is born out of grief. And I was like, mm-hmm. every moment of our life is born out of grief. I was like, oh, that's depressing. That's really depressing. But you're right. You're so right. Like, I think of all of the ways I am now. I had to go through so many things to find myself to find myself with Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's that whole journey. And I just I think of intergenerational trauma and how we come back to finding voice of community in a much larger scale. and. I was so moved when you talk uh, when you talked about acknowledgement and land acknowledgement specifically, because it's something that I've wrestled with. I've I I was like, is this my place? Should how do I do this properly? Um, Where do I start? This seems so big. And, and, you know, I'm not afraid of it. I want to honor it. Right. Yeah. And um, I'm so I'm so sad. It breaks my heart. It hurts so deeply when I see someone do this. Uh, we'd like to, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking at my paper. <laughs> I should tell you yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and what she does, the box, read the stuff. Yeah. yeah. So what she does with her theater productions is she brings the acknowledgement into the play itself yeah. and it just has a whole different feel yeah. to it. Like it's, Beautiful. she does it with every single piece you get it you know like through that way and it just everyone will come up to you later and just say like they felt it. they actually for the first time felt that it was like genuine genuine and meaningful authentic right? yeah that it wasn't just this is now what we're supposed to do because in the 2015 report yeah uh the truth and reconciliation report the, the call to action was to do some land acknowledgements right so yeah. when you feel like that okay this is what we have to do because we work for an institution or this is the requirement for our organization mm-hmm. you can feel that from the parking lot when you've oh. actually read and researched and figured out that this is treaty seven land which is home of the black Confederacy, and you understand how to say the names of which that confederacy is made up of it lands differently and that's the intention that is that is part of the request it is not yeah. for an apology 
It is not ever going to be enough because we're wired for connection. And when you do authentically connect to people, you are like sunshine. You are reparative in and of that relationship, not because of what you do, but how you do it. And if you can do more things in your life authentically, you will surround yourself with people who also operate in that way. Yeah. I'm going to pull up Renee Brown. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. (laughs) (laughs) I love when she says that. Repeat that. Oh, God, it's so true, right, about authenticity. And I think that, like, it's brave to be authentic, right? One of the most, you know, vulnerable emotions on the planet is joy. And when we're really in that place of, you know, being kind to another, looking for the best parts of another, it is brave because you don't, you can't predict the outcome, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, if it's not, it's not brave if you know how it's going to end. Yeah. So it's like when we do these things and we don't know if we're, are we supposed to do the land acknowledgement? Is somebody else supposed to do it? What is a land? What if I say it wrong? What if I say this word? You know what? I'm just not going to fucking do it. Uh-huh. Obviously. Yes. Yeah, so then that's, there's no bravery in that, right? I would much rather you fuck it up completely mm. and be schooled on that, which has happened to me a countless number of times. And it's, I'm still scared, right? Mm. When I'm invited to speak on reserve, when I have conversations, when they gift me, am I supposed to gift the tobacco? Is it, it, it do I say cook them? Is this what, like, what is, oh my gosh, what is the primary? And yeah. I, I ask questions all the time from this place of like, help me understand. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've done some research. I'm not sure if this is correct. Can, can, you know, can I run it by you? Because it's not anybody else's job who's been marginalized or traumatized to, to explain to you out of it or to fix that problem. It's those of us in the position of doing the walking that it behooves us to understand our roles in this way. And I mean, I mm. throw out another quote of somebody who, you know, I adore Ram Das. He said, we're all just here walking each other home. I love it. Yeah. Right. Regardless of age, race, religion, socioeconomic status, or gender identity, we are all in exactly the same. We started in exactly the same place. Gender, Mm -hmm. I I mean, sorry, race is a social construct. And when we understand the idea of just bearing back to the basis of humanity, which is we all just want to be seen, Mm -hmm. that ability to do that today in this moment, nothing needs to change. You don't need another class or a course or read anything more about it. You can authentically show up in the people in your life and they will come to you like sunshine because we've never been more desperate for it. So true. I mean, even we did, uh, we, we were at an event last night and just the idea of being in space with people and connecting and celebrating and elevating voice. And some of them were terrified, like terrified to get up and share their story. And I, you know, I, I thank them. I, I'm like, I know this was scary, but you don't need to be afraid of sharing your story because you're so remarkable. And I'm in awe of the work, the work that happens in our community, yeah. Jody. Oh my, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are amazing people who, who are empathetic and kind. And um, it, uh, we're just, we're so lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm lucky uh, for this one. Uh, right? I'm the lucky one. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Love fest. It's oh, not you hang up first. Anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I don't know how this happened, uh, but we're at time. Yes, we are. It was a beautiful two episodes. We got to see what what is the feedback from your people, and then we'll decide whether we get to do this again. Okay. If you love this, share it. Yes. You yes. tell everybody about Lesbianist. Okay. Yeah. Because Sh- share we, with your friends. We yes. Share. share with your friends. Damn it. Uh, share, share and follow. 
Dr. Jody Carrington. Yes, on. come on so, over to my community. Yeah. I would love it too. Your Instagram, people are my people. Facebook. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do the ads. Ready? www. Dr. Dot. Dot. Dr. Jody Carrington. Dot com. We have at Dr. Jody J. Carrington. Wow. These are who cares? Just tricky. These are tricky, Jody. I am everywhere. I know it's ridiculous. Dr. Jody Carrington on Facebook. Friends, you're a Facebook friends. We know. We know you're not Insta. (laughs) You're Facebook people. Do Dr. Jody Carrington. Buy all the books. Feeling seen. Kids these days. Teachers, teachers these days. We bought all of the books for our kids' teachers. Yeah. Uh, because you know what? They need to feel seen. And anything that we can do to support them, man, it is a first response. They are first responders. Yeah. yeah. Hannah wrote a yeah. little note in each one and gave them to all our high school teachers. Because yeah. high school teachers never get gifts. No. Yeah. Neither do professors. Just saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we oh. love them. Although my student brought me donuts the other day. So oh, didn't bring and there home. went the mark. I know. No, I, I, I gave them to other students because they need it more than I do. <laughs> true. True, yeah. true. There yeah. goes your evaluation. <laughs> there goes. Woo! It's OK that you were 45 minutes late to class. You brought very expensive donuts. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. <laughs> um, Dr. Jody, thank you. Thank you for just sharing space with us. Holy doodles. What what an what an honor, eh? Oh, absolutely. We've yeah, we've been talking about this for weeks. We're like so excited and yeah, thank you. Like it's thank you for having me. You know, I can't wait till we're in the same space again. Yeah, um yeah. sharing podcasts, all the things. So so thank you. Keep doing your work because it's uh it's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank, thank you. You, you too. You, you too. Deal. Friends, right. we will see you next month. Regular format. We'll be we'll be back at it. Uh, in April, Easter time. Uh, and for now, we're launching into spring as lesbianists. All the things. All the times. Ciao for now, everyone. Bye, everybody. <laughs>